Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here, like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this, AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
As creators, we're always on the move. Whether it's a live podcast event, a pop-up shop, or a workshop, we're constantly interacting with community, and that's where Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe comes in. Imagine this. You're at a live event, a listener loves your merch, or a participant wants to sign up for your course on the spot. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, you can accept their payments right there and then, right from your iPhone so there's no extra hardware or no delays. Total game changer. It's not just for creators. Any business owner can do this. It's about making transactions smoother and much more personal, growing your business in your way. We've been using Stripe for our products and courses for a long time, and now with Tap to Pay on iPhone, you can take your business to the next level too. So visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone to learn more. Remember folks, with Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, your business is always at your fingertips. When you're an entrepreneur, you feel like, uh, those transformative moments, you can try anything you want. You can do anything you want in your lives. And, and that was the time. And I was like, you know, I just want to turn this into something interesting for me. I just want to see if this can have any self-help or, or, uh, or, uh, uh, meaning in my own life. So, uh, instead of just, just, you know, running away or instead of just uh, trying to get over quickly, I turned that into something fun. And this has taught me a lesson, meaning like, Every time we have a failure, we can turn those failures or into something useful because there are a lot more many people who have failures. And if you can, um, if you can learn from the failure and actually share your failure, if you are brave enough to say what you learn from this failure, and you can turn something really bad into something really good. And uh, in my case, it became a life mission. I'm Srini Rao, and this is the Unmistakable Creative Podcast, where you get a window into the stories and insights of the most innovative and creative minds who've started movements, built thriving businesses, written best-selling books, and created insanely interesting art. For more, check out our 500-episode archive at unmistakablecreative.com. Gio, welcome to the Unmistakable Creative. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Hey, thank you for having me, Srini. Yeah, my pleasure. So, you know, it's interesting. I have uh, seen you speak at the World Domination Summit, and somebody actually sent your story my way, and I had come across it before. Uh, and I was really intrigued, especially because I know you have a book coming out. But before we get into the book or any of that, uh, can you tell us a bit about yourself, your story, your journey, your background, and how that has brought you to what you're up to in the world today? Yeah, um, I've been... I, I grew up in Beijing, China, and uh, I've always wanted was to become entrepreneur. Uh, that was when in the early 1990s, I saw Bill Gates, and he was a big inspiration in my life. So I came to the States later on, and uh, and then just going through the American dream, you know, like go, <laughs> going to school, building, buying a house, and, 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 and everything, um, uh, getting a better job and, and make money and all, all that. But really just, I felt I was went away from my dream of being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though I made pretty good money, I was living very comfortably, but I felt that's not what I, uh, I was meant to do. So, um, when I was 30, I quit my job. <laughs> you know, I, I wish I did that earlier, but you got to do that sooner or later, right? So when I quit my job when I was 30, I started my own company. And um, that's where I met this fate of rejection. You know, I got rejected with an investment. And I felt so bad that that uh, I, w- I almost wanted to quit when I got rejected. Um, and the thing is, this brought up all these past um, feelings that I had in my life where every time I feel like I was about to do something i was so afraid to be rejected by someone and uh, that i just kept kept telling myself not to do it and then sometimes when i just hear got a little rejection 
um, whether there's someone telling me my idea wasn't good, um, I would just quit. Uh, because I thought this, if someone told me, it must be true. Um, this is where it came to me. I found this is a big problem in my life. I have to, I cannot be dictated by this fear of rejection anymore. Otherwise, you know, do you think Bill Gates would quit um, after a simple rejection from an investor? Uh, no way. So no matter what I do, whether that's uh, being an entrepreneur or having a career, I have to overcome this fear of rejection. So this became my thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, you know, after that, I started my blog. Um, it's called 100 Days of Rejection. Uh, if you're interested, you can go to fearbuster.com to, to look at the blog. Uh, I started this about two years ago uh, where uh, every day I would go out and look for rejection instead of running away from it. And I would record my rejection attempts and I made a video blog about it. And the thing is... Um, it started as a side pet project because just overcome my fear and I was having fun with it. Then it turned to be pretty big because a lot of people start writing me emails and telling me that, hey, uh, what you're doing is inspiring because they also had this fear of rejection. So um, now this has um, turned from a side project or something um, for myself into a life mission where I can help others overcome their fear mm-hmm. of rejection. All right. So we'll, we're going to get into all of that and talk about that in more detail. But, you know, I, I want to go back to something that you said earlier about quitting your job. And you just said, you know, you got to do it sometime, right? Yeah. That somehow we get into our heads that there is going to be a perfect time to do all these things that we want to do with our lives. And I'm really interested in, in what enabled you to do that. Uh, and then, you know, what it is it that keeps people from taking the leap into things that they're uncertain about and, you know, how they overcome that fear? That's a very interesting point because um, we, we do always feel like, you know, there's a time that will come. I had this conversation with a lot of people before I quit my job before you know people kept telling me yeah you should just do this maybe you can uh, be better at your career maybe you can make this uh, take this step maybe once you become a leader of certain amount of people like if you uh, you know uh, maybe you can have uh, managed over 15 people now you have experience maybe you can you make a certain amount of money now you have all the savings for you to do this the thing is that number keeps changing. I just feel like, you know, a lot of times the number, the time should be now. And because it's throughout my life, I just kept telling me that same story, but with different goals. You know, it used to be if you go to business school, then you can become entrepreneur. It used to be once you find a job for a couple of years, you can, you can become entrepreneur. It used to be once you like save like maybe $50,000, you can have the, like, I always told, told, you know, told myself those, but that day never came until that um, my son was born. You know, um, I became a parent and that was a life-changing moment where I felt, wow, usually this is where people quit. Mm-hmm. of having those dreams is you know this uh, you're a parent now just stop worrying about those dreams and uh focus on your career and provide for your family and and things like that but uh this is a you know that, that I, I i didn't want my son to become my, my excuse of not pursuing my dream so maybe someday i would come to him saying hey son you know i i didn't do my dream because i didn't uh, pursue my dream because of you uh you know that that's that's the worst thing to say mm-hmm. what what i want to do is hey son you were my catalyst of my entrepreneurship uh, dream. Because of you were born, I start pursuing my dream so I can be an example to you. Now you can go chase after yours. Hmm. 
You know, it's interesting. That story reminds me of a scene from a movie uh, that you may, I don't know if you've seen it. It's called The Rookie with um, Dennis Quaid, and he's a baseball player. And, Great movie. Great yeah. movie. And there's this very distinctive scene where his wife comes to him and says, okay, stay in pitch for one more week. And she said, besides, she said, what kind of message are we sending to that kid who looks up to you if we tell you to quit? Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, that's uh, uh, a lot of times we, we make those excuses uh, because of our kid. Uh, but those are not the, the, the excuses are not solid excuses is because we want to because we are afraid because we want to quit. So we, we use noble reasons to, to quit. But the, the most the, I mean, the best reason is to keep going. And because uh, you want to be an example. Yeah. So how do you make the shift from using noble reasons to quit to actually taking action? It's where, um, I mean, as I mentioned, I've been wanting to do this for a long time and I had too many excuses and, and then looking, that's where it's either now or never, because I felt if I couldn't become entrepreneur, if I couldn't do the entrepreneur thing when I was like 18 years old, like some sort of whiz kid or maybe maybe like 23 years old, just right out of college. Or like, you know, after graduate school, I was 27 or 28 as a, as a single guy or even just as a married uh, person. If, if I couldn't do all that um, and at those easier times in my life, when, the, when you hear a lot of this on TV or, uh, you know, in newspapers or on magazines, that's how people became entrepreneurs. If you couldn't do that at those age and now you have a kid, uh, on the way and you're 30 and you're about pretty soon you're 35 or 40 like how how do you how, how can you justify that mm-hmm. so it's really there's that urgency uh for me to 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 feel like this is not or never mm. well let's do this i, I want to ask you an interesting question before we get into the entire 100 days of rejection one sure. of the things that really fascinates me is that you looked at something like getting rejected by uh you know investors, something that most of us would consider a failure and most of us would take sort of badly. And you transformed that into just this massive opportunity and into a life mission. So my question is how to learn to recognize moments that seem like they're really bad and turn them into something as wonderful as what you have. Uh, it's really insightful question because when they actually happened, it was just all bad, right? Um, but it's where the the it's almost like the same thing as my uh, having a kid, right? I mean, having a kid is a good thing, but the thing is that because of having a kid, I felt I was that my my dreams was slipping is you know slipping away from me, and that's almost a bad thing. So I turned that into a good thing by taking action. So it's the same thing here. Um, when I was hit with this rejection, I I was hurt, and but I felt I could either just uh, I could do one of a few things. I could just sulk and quit, or I could just try to move on. You know, that's that's what you know, I mean. That's what most most people would do. They would try to probably move on and and uh, you know try to move on to the next thing as soon quickly as possible. But I felt that this has some bigger meaning in my life. I mean, it's almost like a, like a, like a maybe of a microcosm of my life mm-hmm. where I would hit with rejection and then I would just start running. Um, so this is a moment when you're an entrepreneur, you feel like 
those transformative moments, you can try anything you want. You can do anything you want in your lives. And, and that was the time. And I was like, you know, I just want to turn this into something interesting for me. I just want to see if this can have any self-help or, or, uh, or uh, uh, meaning in my own life. So uh, instead of just, just you know, running away or instead of just uh, trying to get over quickly, I turned that into something fun. And this has taught me a lesson. Meaning, like every time we have a failure, we can turn those failures or into something useful because there are a lot more many people who have failures. And if you can, um, if you can learn from the failure and actually share your failure, if you are brave enough to say what you learn from this failure, and you can turn something really bad into something really good. And uh, in my case, it became a life mission. Mm-hmm. So. Let me ask you this. Uh, on that note, two questions. What do you think separates the person who looks at a failure and turns it into an opportunity like you have and turns it into a life mission versus the one who doesn't? Because I can tell you I've often been the person who doesn't in some very, very difficult failures. I think um, I think having that awareness and intentionality is, is a big thing. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is a it is a really a big thing. It's not something that um, I mean. I went through plenty of failures in my life, um, you know. And but looking back, they all have some sort of you know made some purpose, had some purpose, um, you know, to the bigger picture. I'm not saying this as a kind of a revisionist history, but really felt that way, you know. When I look back, um, so I think having a big life mission, having a big meaning in your life, that is a big overarching um, story that you want to write. I mean, it's not a story that, that have been written already, but it's a story that you want to write for your life. And that's when you can start piecing everything together uh, that, that was your past, you know, your current, your, uh, or your, your presence or your future, that they all become part of a story. And it, it's up to you, it's almost like an author, to, to turn those things into part of a big book. I love how Steve Jobs did this you know, in his, uh, 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 in his uh, you know, address to Stanford, you know, the, uh, you know, the commencement speech. He looked back and saying, you know, all his times, how he was, he became an adopted kid, how he didn't finish college, they all contributed to his success or his story later on. So I think having that meaning in life and, and that, that big overarching goal is super important mm-hmm. to, to, to have to, you know, so we can turn these failures into something useful. Okay. So two questions. One, how do you sort of shift the awareness and intentionality so that you can actually get the valuable lessons from them? And, you know, I know sometimes you don't get them when they happen. Like you, like you said, you know, sometimes you only get them, you know, when you look back. And then the other thing is that you've kind of brought up this idea of the bigger meaning of your life multiple times in our conversation. Uh, how how did you I mean, it sounds like you uncovered that through a series of experiences, but how do people uncover what that bigger meaning and bigger purpose might be based on your experience? These are very big questions. The first one is, how do you actually um, do this? Right. How do you see this um, um, failures in meaning? Right. Mm hmm. So I think having a mindset was very important. I'm, I'm not sure you're familiar with this book called uh, Mindset. Yep, by Carol Dweck. So, 
Yes, it's a wonderful book. The book talks about how elastic our mind could be, or our ability, or talent can be. So if we have this growth mindset, we can that that becomes a lot easier. More like you know, I mean, instead of saying this failure defines me, we say it's the our reaction to the failure that defines us. Mm-hmm. So by having that growth mindset, meaning everything you can turn anything that happens into something useful if you have that right uh, right mindset. Said, so you know. So I think you know it's, it's really crucial to to have that mindset. And secondly, what's your second question again? I'm sorry. Um, well, so you know we've talked about mindset, but you know finding the sort of bigger purpose and meaning of your life. I mean, you found it through this, and, and I, I realize that's a very big question. I don't expect you to have a concrete answer for it, but it's something I'm very curious about. I mean, based on your experiences, how would you suggest people go about finding that sort of bigger meaning and purpose of their life? So in my case, I can only. I, I can talk, only talk about my experience. My feeling was uh, this is something I want to do since I was little, right? And that dream um, did not go away. It only became stronger and stronger as time goes on. So having that thought, you know, we, we all had dreams. I mean, I think most of us has dreams uh, growing up, you know, whether that's to become the president, you know, or maybe rocket scientist, you know, just kind of these classic dreams. But if those dreams don't go away, that that that's telling us about something. That's telling us about maybe we should do something about it instead of having an excuse of not not pursuing the stream, however far fetched, however unrealistic they seem. But you know, most people I feel most people are not meant to have their dreams. Meaning, you know, they probably excuse themselves or not not you know they they, they I mean they they probably the talent is not there. Mm-hmm. But if after a certain amount of time is still there and after a certain amount of failures and after frustrations, you, you feel like you can still handle it and the dream is still there. That's where I feel it's worth uh, pursuing that meaning. Hmm. All right. Well, let's do this. Let's shift gears a bit and let's start talking about uh, the whole concept of 100 days of rejection, because I know you have some really, really funny stories. I've heard some of these. And um, so one, I'd love for you to talk to us about sort of, you know, coming up with a project and then starting it and, you know, walk us through the journey of that entire project. So this is where I um, um, I've never known blogging like I, I read some blogs, but in here and there, but more like articles. But I didn't know the concept of blogging at all until I started doing this. And I wrote one blog post. Uh, I put I posted on Hacker News. Uh, that's when before my rejection. That was during my um, during my was running my company, and I found wow, people were engaging because I I touched on a subject that was. Universal. Uh, I talked. I talked about eight, you know uh, the right age for being an entrepreneur because I felt maybe I was too old and, and as a thirty year old. And then I felt a lot of people started writing me back and commenting on it. And that's a great way to actually connect with people. And so when this um, rejection happened, I thought, why not turn that into a a blog as well. Maybe I can connect with the world that way. And uh, hey, if if uh, if I can drive some traffic to my website because of uh, you know you know because of that, you know I need I need I need users for my app. Uh, you know for the app I was building, you know that's just as good. But more importantly, this was something that was meaningful to me. And so it was meaningful to me. I really didn't care if people found that interesting or not because 
you know, the, if it's meaningful to me, that's good enough. So that's what I did. I um, I started blog. I started blogging on. Uh, I started recording every single rejection I had. I started um, blogging about it. What you know, I blogged about what I learned on each rejection attempts, and then it just got bigger and bigger. Hey, it's Srini. I wanted to remind you again about our first live taping of The Unmistakable Creative on Thursday, August 9th in New York City at 7 p.m., where I'll be interviewing former Unmistakable Creative guest Sarah Peck. I know some of you already bought tickets, and we are going to limit the number of tickets to make sure that it is as intimate an experience as possible. So to get your ticket, just visit unmistakablecreative.com slash live. Again, that's unmistakablecreative.com slash live, and we look forward to meeting you in person. Mm-hmm. So let's get into specifics, um, you know, because it sounds like, the, you know, the you kind of kept leveling up the level of risk in every single thing you did, uh, you know, and I, I'd like you to walk us through that entire process. So, yeah, it was at the beginning. I um, I searched online. I found I mean, the, the whole concept of rejection therapy was, uh, it, you know, it, it wasn't new. It wasn't mine. It was uh, by this guy named Jason Comley. He's a Canadian guy. He invented this game about, you know, looking for rejection so you can desensitize yourself from the pain. So I said, I said, I'm going to. I'm going to uh, put my own spin on it. All right. I, I don't like uh, other people telling me what to do. I'll just come up with my own rejection attempts. Mm-hmm. And then I would, uh, I would uh, block. So the first day I, I um, asked to borrow $100 from a stranger. Uh, <laughs> it, was a, it was a security guard guy. It was a pretty big guy. And I just felt I was so scared. When I, when I, make, when I approached him, I, every step was, was just, just felt ominous. And, uh, and uh, when I asked and say, can I borrow a hundred dollars from you? The guy raised his head and he said, no, why? Then I just start running. I, I said, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm like, I'm sorry. Um, bye. And I, I ran away. And that, it felt like literally like life and death. I know it wasn't, but it felt like it. Sure. So that, that night I was, rec- I, I saw my own video because I recorded this and I, I saw how scared I was. I was like this guy on Sixth Sense, right? I mean, the kid on Sixth Sense. I saw dead people mm-hmm. and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I thought, wow, you know, why, why was I so scared? And this guy didn't look that menacing, actually. And he actually asked me why. He was intrigued by my request. I could have just, extended my conversation with him and explained myself, but I didn't do all that. I just started running. That's all because I was scared. And this felt like my life was like that. Every time I asked something, I got rejected. I just run away. Mm-hmm. So, you know, next day uh, I said, no matter what happens, I would not, I would not uh, run. So the next day I went to like Five Guys Burger and asked them to make, uh, you know, for a burger refill. Uh, it's mainly like, a, I mean, they are like, what's a burger refill? And I said, like, well, just like, you know, I just finished a burger you had and can you give me a refill of a burger instead of a drink? And the, the guy was like perplexed. He was like, no, um, we don't do that. And I, I even said, um, well, can you tell your manager, you know, this is a great feedback for you guys. I would love you more <laughs> if, if you do burger refill. And he's like, sure, I'll do it. And so, but I walked away a lot better this time i felt better just because i did not run many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey they can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wagovi and zep pound for those who qualify Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. As creators, we're always on the move. Whether it's a live podcast event, a pop-up shop, or a workshop, we're constantly interacting with community, and that's where Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe comes in. Imagine this, you're at a live event, a listener loves your merch, or a participant wants to sign up for your course on the spot. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, you can accept their payments right there and then, right from your iPhone so there's no extra hardware or no delays. Total game changer. It's not just for creators. Any business owner can do this. It's about making transactions smoother and much more personal, growing your business in your way. We've been using Stripe for our products and courses for a long time, and now with Tap to Pay on iPhone, you can take your business to the next level too. So visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone to learn more. Remember folks, with tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe, your business is always at your fingertips. Um, it's a valuable lesson I learned that never just run. Uh, every time you run, you're actually exposed to your, your own like shame and, 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 and feeling of failure if you run. But if you stay there, you walk out a winner usually. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is my second day. Third day, and this is this is a thing I, I, I will stop here. But the third day is that everything changed. Where I went to a Krispy Kreme and asked for a donuts that looked like Olympic rings. And uh, uh, this time I was like, yeah, just give me my no. You know, I want to hear the no. I want to joke about it. I want to stay there. But the thing is, the person took me so seriously. The uh, the, the the donut maker, and she took the time to write down what the color looked like and eventually she came up with a way to make the donuts and um, it was it was amazing and uh, I couldn't believe what it was like um, uh, you know to have that type of 
customer service experience. And I did. And just the human kindness that was shown in that video, in that experience, was what just blew me away. Mm-hmm. This is where, I mean, so, so that video went viral. And this is where I found, okay, I need to stop worrying about getting a yes or a no. I need to worry about just asking uh, the more and more outrageous things. I just want to see what happens. I want the world to tell me yes and no instead of me chasing after it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so this is a, like almost like a life-changing moment for me. Hmm. So, okay, so th- this is really, really interesting. And I, I love the fact that this was such a, a life-changing moment because it, 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 you know, like listening to you say that, I'm like, oh, that doesn't sound like a, such a big deal. But it, it really, you know, it's funny because it seems like with each little thing, you, you're teaching your brain whole new lessons about rejection. Uh, so l- let me ask you this. Talk to me about some of the more audacious things that you started to ask for. And then what I actually want to do is start to talk about how it started to change you as a person and, and what this does um, inside the human brain. Because I can't help but start wanting to talk about neuroplasticity, even though neither of us are neuroscientists. Yeah. Um yeah, absolutely. So, for example, there's one, um, there's the smaller things. Uh, one day I went into, uh, knock on someone's doors. Uh, I wanted to plant a flower in his backyard. Um, and the guy said, um, no. But instead of running away, I asked him why. Uh, and he said, you know, uh, what you're offering is cool. Um, I, I mean, but I can't have it because I have a dog that would dig up everything in my backyard. So, you know, if you want, you can go across the street to Lauren's house and Lauren loves flowers. So I did. And half an hour later, I did plant a flower in Lauren's backyard and she couldn't be happier. And this is where I learned. I learned some extremely valuable lessons here. One is a lot of times I just want to, I felt like I need to convince everyone to like me, to want my idea. Mm-hmm. So I, I wasted a lot of time doing that. But sometimes it's just me need to find the right person who desperately wanted what I had to offer. And then this is where I also learned I could ask why um, and standing there and ask why and turn and, and find the underlying reason for the rejection. And if I just, um, you know, and it wasn't because I wasn't trustworthy. It wasn't because I looked weird or whatever, but it was because what I offered did not fit his needs. And so he trusted me enough to offer me a referral, you know, using sales term, um, actually converted. So these are just learning moments for, for, for me that not only like I learned, but also I became bolder and bolder. I just felt I can experiment on all these things. I can try all these techniques that I, I usually learn on books and, you know, I read it somewhere. I can practice here. Uh, I can practice here over and over again because I got a hundred of these. Let me ask you this. What misperceptions uh, do we as adults develop about failure or about rejection uh, in particular uh, that keep us from doing all, all of the things that we'd like to do? Because, I mean, you mentioned one of them is that, you know, we just don't happen to want what this or have what this other person wants. But I'm really interested in, uh, you know, the misperceptions and the, the lessons that you have learned about that uh, in addition to what you just shared. I think we thought of rejection is we just think rejection is bad. Mm-hmm. That's in general, right? It's some sort of obstacle, you know, it's some sort of, a, uh, you know, something we have to overcome, we have to forget about. But actually, I learned rejection is not necessarily a bad thing. Mm-hmm. If, if we can learn how to handle rejection, we can turn them into something very positive. We can actually learn from rejection. And also, 
if you know that I mean the old saying says what doesn't kill you makes you stronger right it's really true and these rejections never kill us and they always make us stronger if we let them to mm-hmm. it's like you know we we have this comfort zone that's pretty sad but if we gradually if we put ourselves outside this comfort zone by getting rejected one at a time you know once at a time we we're expanding our comfort zone mm-hmm. um and gradually we we can ask you know things that that we w- wouldn't dare before and do things we wouldn't dare before and and uh, you know the, uh, it's kind of amazing it's like our mental courage is like a muscle uh it's not something that's either born with or not but something we can just use rejection as an exercise to 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 learn from and i have no idea this you know these were the case, uh, but now I can do it. In fact, I'm actually building something in uh, like online gym. It's called a rejection gym. Just just doing that, having people go through rejections one at a time, going through this hundred days, mm-hmm. and afterward they can start asking things that they, they didn't even dream of. Hmm. So let me ask you this. This is actually a very <laughs> out of personal curiosity question. Sure. One of the things I think that many of us do. Um, is that we take rejection very personally, yeah. uh, especially in the context of something like uh, a romantic situation or you know something that has to do with the opposite sex or in social interactions in particular, I think. Sure. Uh, like, you know, to me, you, going and asking, you know, the person at Del Taco for some ridiculous order, that doesn't seem like such a big deal. I'm like, okay, whatever. You don't take that personally because you don't, it, there isn't like a social stigma tied to it, but our cultural conditioning and, and sort of just our, our you know, our, our evolution when it comes to rejection from other human beings uh, in the context of social interaction, I think it's a, it's a very, very complex not to take it personally. And I'm really interested in hearing your perspective on this. So a couple of things. One is, you know, that feeling of personal rejection is actually deep rooted in our DNA. You know, when our ancestors were, they were like hunters and gatherers, they 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 weren't the the fastest or strongest, um, but we 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 succeeded in becoming hunters because we were one pretty smart and two we actually collaborated with each other in a very um, you know tight knit groups. Um, if we get rejected by other people, that means sometimes we're out there on our own, um, you know, facing these animals, and that literally meant life and death. That's why that feeling of life and death of fear. Is still with us when we're getting rejected by other people. Mm-hmm. So, um, so there's yeah, so there's a biological uh, or maybe evolutionary you know explanation to why we feel we take this personal so personally and we're we're so afraid of this. So, but I, I do, but I learned that you know I almost I'm not almost like I never take things personally anymore. I used to a lot mm. um, because I I'm so used to rejection, right. uh, small things, big things, and and it's. Uh, we, we, we sometimes think there's a big disconnect between the smaller things that didn't matter to the big things that actually matter. But it was actually for me all practice. I was like when, when I say Kobe Bryant or, or maybe LeBron James, you know, when we're seeing them as so good on the court, but they, they practice a lot. They, mm-hmm. The games are not won because they were more talented than everyone on the court, but it was because they practice uh, a lot in the dark gym, uh, gyms at night and making jump shots and uh, free throws. So when the game is on the line, when something really matters to them that they were, they were doing, uh, those, those muscle memories and those, those calmness all came back through practice. So I use small rejections or 
or, or trivial rejections to get myself ready to big rejections mm-hmm. so I can, use, I can handle them the same way. And, it, it, you know, it has manifested in my life and business as well. You know, right now, I conduct my business in a completely different way. Just, uh, uh, you know, I, I embrace rejection all the time. You know, every time I, I start a project, I tell myself, how many no's can I take? How many rejections can I do before I give up? Usually, the number is pretty high, mm-hmm. and, 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 and more, more than often, long before I run through that number of rejections, my goal would be reached. Hmm. That's interesting. Uh, you know, I, I love that you brought up the biological and evolutionary piece, and, and I guess the question for me is, through this process, can we overcome our own biology? I think we can. I really think, I mean, it's just like, you know, uh, so is our size of our muscle. That's also biology. Some people are naturally stronger than others. Mm-hmm. But if we all, if we exercise, it's guaranteed that we'll all become stronger than we were before. We're not saying we'll all become Michael Jordans of rejection, but we can compare to ourselves and you know, maybe a few months ago or a year ago, we can become Michael Jordans in our own world mm-hmm. compared to ourselves. So, Let's do this. Um, tell me about some of the bigger, crazier things you started to ask for as you started to build this rejection muscle and how it started to transform you as a person and how you felt about yourself. Yeah. So um, one example was I, I uh, one day I used to live in Austin, Texas. That's when this whole hundred days of rejection happened. Um, I went to the uh, uh, UT Austin. Uh, University of Texas in Austin. I knock on the professor's door, and then he opened the door, and I just ask him, "Can I teach your class?" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, he thought he at least at first he thought I was trying to sell him something, but I sat down and, and he said, "I will give you five minutes, you know, make you know to, to say whatever you want to say to me." Then I sat down, I pulled out my iPad. I actually prepared for my lecture already before I went in because <laughs> I said, "People are probably going to say no to me, but you know what? I'm going to." act as if they would say yes i would prepare for this lecture so i showed him what i was what what i would teach it's about entrepreneurship it's about overcoming the failure and things like things i knew the best uh, you know the most and he was impressed he's like you know actually i think i can fit you into my curriculum um so a couple months later he invited me to give a give a guest lecture to his students and it was it was very well received um you know just walking out of there i would just thought you know, I, I really always want to do this. This is like a, my lifelong dream to be able to teach a class at a, at, to college students. You know, my, I'm come from a family of teachers. Uh, it's almost like fulfilling my family legacy. But I used to think I would have to accomplish so much. I maybe have to be on a news, uh, you know, a newspaper cover, a magazine cover, have to be on TV so people would take me seriously. People would know what I had. Uh, I have something to offer. But no, this time I just asked and it turned out he wanted and needed what I had to say. So, you know, this is a big life, um, you know, it's like a lifelong dream just fulfilled just like that. It, was, it came too quickly. And, and, and I said, you know, if I, if I, there's things like this, I can just ask, what else shouldn't I ask? What else, you know, if I, if I knew I prepared well, if I knew I treated seriously, if I knew I was respectful, uh, if I knew I wanted bad enough, I should ask anything I, I, I want without thinking that someone would reject me or something, you know, maybe this would be too silly. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's do this. Let's talk about how people can start to apply this in their own lives. Because I mean, that's what this book is really about, right? Is how yeah. we ourselves can become rejection proof. Uh, and 
you know, to me, as I'm listening to this, I can't help but think this would be incredibly valuable for almost anybody because it would just, it seems like, it seems like it doesn't matter how big of a thing it is that you attempt to get rejected at. It's simply just conditioning yourself for getting rejected. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there's the learning part, but also the exercising part. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, th- those two parts come, you know, kind of come hand in hand, but I, it's, it's always more important for us to just feel, you know, we're okay to be reje- uh, to get rejected. We actually want to get rejected in some way, mm-hmm. just to toughen myself up. So if you want to make some change in your life and try to apply these principles, I just start something small. You know, go to go to uh, I don't know, go to Office Depot when you buy paper next time. Negotiate some sort of a discount. You know, I mean, people never do that, uh, especially when when you're at a big box office. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, stores. People don't negotiate. They're just like, you know, it is what it is. But why not? Why not negotiate? You know, just, and you'll probably get, get, um, be turned down. Mm-hmm. But have fun, you know, stay engaged and try to find ways so you can offer something, something, uh, them in return to, to get that yes. I mean, so, uh, you know, more maybe next time you walk into a Starbucks, go try to buy some, uh, some, you know, some coffee beans or, or something, you know, buy, Buy something you don't normally buy, not the coffee, but something that in the back, buy some spoons or maybe get some, just ask for something free. I mean, you're not offending anyone by making these small requests and make it, uh, make it clear that they can say no. You know, like this is, a, you're asking for something that probably don't normally do, but, because, but you're still asking anyway. Um, but gradually, you will be amazed by what, how these interactions turn out to be. Maybe you won't get a yes, but they're, they're always fine. Uh, and you, no matter how you get rejected or you even laugh at, you have to know your life will not materially change before and after your rejection. Mm. So once you understand that, you know, the, the world becomes your playground. You can do anything you want. Mm. I, I love that. Um, well, let, let's, let, let me, let me ask you this. So, you know, we've talked quite a bit about, you know, how much your own life has changed. I mean, it's led you to all these amazing things like getting to write this book, a video that goes viral, uh, a, a wildly popular blog. Talk to me about how the lives of other people who've come into contact with this work have changed because of your own mission. Yeah, that's, uh, that's something I'm really, really excited about because I, um, I've seen this in the rejection gym I'm building. This is, you know, this is precisely what it is for. It's for people who, who also have this fear of rejection or sometimes they, maybe not rejection, but they just f- fear failure, fear wasting time. There's a lot of fears in people's mind that are so limiting to us. So they use re- so we use uh, rejection as a tool to exercise. And so uh, just, I've, I haven't started this for uh, like for long, but in the just, in just, just a few weeks I started, I've seen people like they say, wow, they're really changed. They're asking stuff they've never asked before. I've seen people start asking for jobs that they didn't, they felt they were not qualified for. There's one example was one guy who was in sales for a long time and he was, he became really good at it. Um, and, and, but he never wanted to try anything else. I mean, he wanted to, but he was like, this is one thing I'm good at in life. And if I step out, maybe I won't be good at, and maybe, you know, I just don't want that risk. And then, you know, he, he saw my video. He started chatting with me was, I was helping through him through some of this. So he just went out and, and asked for a job that he didn't feel he was qualified for. It's a completely new career direction with this company. And pretty Pretty soon, you know, not only he got the job and he was really good at the job and pretty soon he he became uh, he started a new entrepreneurial center for that uh, Fortune 100 company in in UK. Mm -hmm. So. 
these are just one example. They were pretty outrageous, you know, to me that just because you 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 get get over this mental um, hurdle that that you can um, you know uh, you know just kind of shoot for the stars and you never know what's going to happen. But the thing is, when you do that, I'm not guaranteed that you will get what you want, mm-hmm. um, or anyone will get what they want. But one thing is, they're going to be at a better place when they do this. Hmm. That they're going to get be closer to their dreams than they were before. Well, I, I like, I, I really, really actually appreciate that you brought up that distinction that it's not going to necessarily lead to what you want per se, um, <clears throat> but it will get you that much closer. I mean, I think that what you're talking about would fundamentally alter somebody's personality for the better. And, and make them much stronger. Like I can't help but think that, okay, a hundred days of asking for things that I get rejected at would completely change the association um, that we that I have with rejection to something completely different. As okay, I asked for something, somebody said no. Yep. Like Absolutely. it seems like it would depersonalize the whole thing significantly. Absolutely, and and just then. Um, w- Absolutely, and also it 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 uh, uh, free us from this results thing you know we mm-hmm. we really want results and sometimes that's why we 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 labor so hard trying to position ourselves to try to get that result uh if you go on linkedin uh you see results oriented it's one of the big buzzwords everyone uses you know somehow they're they're all you know because they bring results but the thing is i found you know, shooting for results actually a lot of times limit yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, like you know, limit your your creativity, limit your action, uh, and, and make you fearful. And if w- I just focus, start focusing on actions. Mm-hmm. Just ask. Just go out and try learn new things, and, and and keep doing it. Go, go, go. And that way, I, I, I not often. I mean, not only I became better at what doing what I was doing, and became more confident, having more fun. But usually it led to better results mm-hmm. because of the confidence and, and, and the actions I was making. Well, you know, I, I think that's that's really interesting you say that. And I, I will share, you know, one personal story about something very similar. You know, I set a goal a long time ago to sell a thousand copies of a book. And I thought there's no way. In, it, it took me a long time to, to actually strangely give up that goal because I thought, OK, I have no control over how many people are going to buy my book. And if I keep trying to write a book that is designed to sell a thousand copies, I'm going to kill my creativity. And then, Absolutely. you know, I blew that number out of the water in a way that I never expected I would because I realized it was like, okay, I can control writing the book. I can control publishing the book and that's it. And the rest, you know, is kind of left in the, in the hands of fate. And of course it ended up being a much better book because of that. Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's what, that the approach when I was writing my book as well, you know, there's, just forget about the results of how many book you're trying to sell. Just write a, write a good book and mm-hmm. let it, and I mean, of course, do the hardest as you can to promote the book and market the book right. and, and, and tell people about it. But in the end, you know, there is, you know, there is a uh, there's an old Chinese saying, you know, strategy is based on people and the results is based on God. You know, in the end, it's really let let the God or universe or whatever to decide your fate. Hmm. Well, I I think that makes a a really, really beautiful way to wrap up our conversation. Uh, Gia, I have one last question for you. Sure. Uh, What do you think it is that makes somebody or something unmistakable? It's a fantastic question. The unmistakable um, thing is if there, people can argue with um, what's best, what's, you know, what, what they need or something. One thing they cannot um, mistake is how much you want something. You know, what's your, what you want in your life, you know, what you want in this. 
um, they cannot argue with that because that's what you want. You own that. You own your own story. You own your own actions. So when you go out and talk, tell people your story to live your life, you know, that's you own that thing and live that to the full. Um, and no matter what other people say, because they can't argue with what you want and what you need. Hmm. Well, uh, Gio, this has been just absolutely fantastic. Uh, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us and share some of your story and your insights with our listeners here at The Unmistakable Creative. And uh, we will link up everything that we've talked about in the show notes, including some of the videos that we've talked about, as well as a link to Gio's book. All right. Thank you, Srini. Yeah. I, had a lot, I had a lot of fun. This is a great, this is a great interview. For oh, me. well, thank you. And for those of you listening, we will wrap the show with that. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Unmistakable Creative Podcast. While you were listening, were there any moments you found fascinating, inspiring, instructive, maybe even heartwarming? Can you think of anyone, a friend or a family member who would appreciate this moment? If so, take a second and share today's episode with that one person, because good ideas and messages are meant to be shared. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World, and this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch, the skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here, like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy.